Roland 3 says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. So we need to consider what the Lord is saying here, right? Okay, um, I'm preparing a place for you. Okay, this can't be anything ordinary because Jesus is extraordinary. So we have something to look forward to that's out of this world. So, you know, in a lot of cases, we're shortchanging ourselves, trying to grab and seize everything that the world has to offer. And there are some palatial, extraordinary palaces and kingdoms and, you know, and all this mansions and all of this stuff that uh, we tend to go after. I mean, um, there's a movement that would tell you God wants you happy, so seek after happiness, you know happy things, things that'll make you happy and excited and, you know, and feel fulfilled. But um, Jesus is saying that, you know, he went to prepare a place for us, right? So, um, and he will come again and take us to where he is. So obviously we're not looking for these things that are where we are. We're looking for things where he is, right? That's what we should be looking forward to. Um, the things that he has gone to prepare for us, where he is, where we will be also. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So, um, this verse uses the term one, which most uh, literally means dwelling places. So, when he, when he says he's going to prepare a place for... Oh, John 14, 2. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't say this. John 14, 2 and 3. Oh, okay, yeah. So John 14, 2. No, that's good. John 14, 2, to remind me. Um, the term Monet uh, literally means dwelling places. Okay. So some translations will use mansions. You've heard that before. I go to prepare a place for you. You know, in my father's house are many mansions. Right? We've heard that. Physical palaces for all Christians in heaven. I, I do believe we're going to have um, in heaven um, palatial living. It, if we're going to move into his kingdom, we have to kind of imagine a kingdom, right? And then imagine our dwelling places in that kingdom. Um, depending on what you do here, your dwelling place may be a little more elaborate than what someone didn't do here, right? So what we want to do is do the best we can while we're here because what we get there lasts forever. It's eternal. So if you move into a hut there, that's eternal. This is your gift for your service. Get in your tent, right? <laughs> I'm serious business, okay? What I'm trying to say is a lot of people are skipping hell, which is best by far. But they're not seeking the kingdom in abundance, which is far better than just getting in. Okay? So, of course, we don't want to go to hell. No one wants to go there where there's nothing to dwell in. <laughs> right? Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Right? 
That's not what we want. But what we want in the kingdom is to seek it in full. So, I mean, if you go after anything, if you're the type that just settles for, okay, just let me have, you know, the cranberry from the cranberry sauce or whatever, right? Just let me have one. That's not enough when you can ask for This is where the Lord wants us and how he wants us to redirect our cravings. When it comes to his kingdom, he wants us to want it all in full. He wants us to have a craving for all that we can get. If you're telling your kid, you know, you can win a prize and the prize is $10. But if you do minimal work, you only get a dollar. Obviously, you want them to get the $10. This is what you want. You're not offering them a prize because you really want them to settle for a dollar out of the $10 prize, right? So, so what I'm trying to do is redirect our thinking to the place where we're going to live forever with gifts that are going to last forever, right? This is what we're looking forward to or should be. And if we're not, we can ask for that. So this is what I'm saying. We can ask for these things, right? Bless the Lord. And so um, he wants us to. Uh, He wants us to desire his house. And for the most part, um, we're looking at it in a lot of cases like church or, you know, or something mediocre. But a kingdom is different. He's already in a kingdom, right? Now, we know what a kingdom is based on kingdoms of this world, right? All the way from what we've heard from Pharaoh's palace, all the way up to where Queen Elizabeth lives. That's the queen now in London. I'm not sure. But, you know, we know what kingdoms are, and we've seen these movies and stuff. I know that light, that light shines right. I'm just the right height, you know, so it can get me. I just kind of wish I could, yeah, do something. Anyway, so um, physical places for Christians in heaven. Heaven and earth will be united. They're coming together. It's not like earth goes away fully. So a misinterpretation of that scripture that heaven and earth will pass away doesn't mean that earth is going away. It means it's going to be redone, renewed. I always preach that, right? Okay, But heaven, there's nothing going on in heaven that it needs to be redone. But God's going to join heaven and earth together. And this is what we're going to have to live on. A new earth, resurrected, restored, like us. New people, resurrected and restored and renewed, right? And a new heavens also. What's going on now is there's a joining that's happening spiritually with God in us, right? It should never be severed. It should be always connected. He's in our hearts, dwelling in our hearts, and we're dwelling with him spiritually in this palace. The palaces that he set up or the mansions or the monets or whatever we want to call them, the dwelling places, right? is an establishment that God is doing in us to be connected with him now. Heaven and earth have not joined together now, but we should be joined together with God now. Does that make sense? 
Bless the Lord. So, um, t- t- without making this confusing, it is actually physical things that are going to take place. So, God is spirit. But when we enter into the new heaven on earth, right, that's a physical place with physical beings. We're not getting new superhuman bodies so that they can be ghosts. They're bodies, right? And Christ is physical. So he's already shown us he's physical. Touch me and see that I'm not a ghost, right? So we're going to be on a physical dwelling. This new Jerusalem that he's talking about that's going to come down out of the sky that we're going to see is physical. It's as big as India. And as big as India is wide, it is high, okay, based on the dimensions. That's enough space for everyone that's ever been created to live in comfortably, right? So we know that everyone that's been created won't live there because broad is the way to hell, right? Okay, we're not going to hell, so our little remnant... We'll have plenty of room. There'll be plenty of room for us to dwell in, right? Bless the Lord. So um, we have physical and spiritual means to get to know the Lord. Okay, we have his Bible. It's tangible. He left that for us. And we have a connection with the Lord that is spiritual, that anytime we want to, we can walk into his throne room to receive grace and mercy in our time of need. We can walk boldly into his throne room. We can enter his courts with thanksgiving, right? And his gates with praise. I might be saying it backwards, but you know what I mean. Okay. Um, A kingdom is often called a monarchy, which means that one person usually inheriting their position by birth or marriage is the leader or head of state. Elected leaders and, and constitutions establish laws for most kingdoms today. What are roles in the kingdom? And so you naturally think of a king and a queen, and you got prince and princesses, and you got dukes and duchesses, and you got barons and baronesses, and, you know, and all this other, you know, um, knights or whatever you have, right? These are roles. And depending on your role, I would just about assume that you'll have better dwelling places according to your role, okay? (laughs) So if you come in and they make you knight Ruth, you're going to have the dwelling places of a knight in the kingdom, right? And, and so on and so forth, right? Um, now, there will be people in the kingdom just like today. If we wanted to call the United States a kingdom, we're all citizens of the kingdom, right? But we're not necessarily ambassadors or, you know, how politicians are now trying to make themselves authoritarians. We're not in authority, Right? We're not governors and all of this kind of sort of stuff. These positions are already designated in the mind of God for us. Really. So he knows who's going to be who in his kingdom. Right? We have the opportunity to set ourselves up for some great stuff. We need to quit dilly-dallying around out here. This is the truth. Looking for tangible physical things to make us happy. And put our focus on this kingdom to come, where everything matters, where, where our life for eternity is going to matter. 
right? So there's a deception going on, and it's major. And it's been going on since we got here. Since Sheila got here, it was all about this bottle, this nipple, this, all these other things. Now, these are essential things, right? But special diapers for Sheila? No, you give her some pampers, right? It's been kind of, it, 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 what is it? We've been orientated to think gold teeth are better than other teeth, right? Is it right? Okay, we've, we've all been through it. You know, so, you know, my, my mom, I would come home if I had a piece of gold on or something like that. Oh, look, look, Max, she told my dad he's got some gold. They were proud. You've achieved something. You got a little piece of gold, right? But then you come to find out. Now, look, now, wait. If we're believers and there's somebody that's out there without any gold and I'm wearing big gold making family happy, Right? How much more can I cash in this gold for in the kingdom to where I'm going? What is it going to benefit me to wear it around here and bling all over the place when I'm dying and can't take it with me where I'm going? Right? So I want to use this gold as an investment into the place that I'm going to live forever. I'm sorry it's as simple as that. When you consider putting on your fine linens, your silks, and your velvets, and your shoes, you know, your shoes, you might have a ton of shoes. When you think about it, no one's telling you to start being meager, looking crazy. Don't come in looking crazy. God, look, you're supposed to look better than at least the lily or equitable to the lily of the field, right? So it's not that, okay, I'm going to play it down until I don't even use deodorant. That's not what I'm saying, right? What I'm saying is, look, what do you need here to survive? And who would you be impressing if you go beyond your need, right? Who's going to be impressed by It's the Lord. Because while you're going beyond your need, he's looking at a need laying on the street right now. Somewhere in Ethiopia, this half dead or dying, right? There's a need, right? So our needs are mixed up. I'm I'm trying to tell you guys, don't go and sell all your stuff today after this sermon, right? That's not what I'm saying. This isn't a cult, you know. (laughs) What I'm saying is, let the Lord, ask the Lord, help me consider my purpose here and the purpose for what you've given me. Help me consider how to use it to advance your kingdom and gain your kingdom. We want to gain the kingdom. We want it in full, in abundance, right? Bless the Lord. Bless God. Let me move on down here. So, God is calling us to position. Um... If you guys remember the story of, uh, of Joseph, and we've all heard it, there was a place when finally Joseph had revealed himself to his brothers, and um, they were all shocked and everything. And when they found out he wasn't going to retaliate for what they had done to him, right? And they bring uh, Jacob and everybody to Egypt. Pharaoh, 
who loved Joseph, right? Appointed, started appointing them. What do you do? I'm a shepherd. Okay, you can be over this flock of sheep, right? Which is a lot more sheep than you'd imagine. So if you're over it, you've got people under you serving, right? What did you do? I did thus and thus. Okay, now I'm going to appoint you. Jesus said, these appointments are made by my father. Remember, there was the disciple, and I'm kind of going off the cuff, but the, the disciple's mother helped me. She wanted one son on his left and one on the right. And Jesus said, no, those appointments are God's. And this is indicated in Pharaoh giving appointments to people based on what they've done. I'm going to tell you, if you're charitable, you're going to have an appointment over a whole lot of money and gifts. And if you're a charitable person here, he's going to trust you there. Right? If you, whatever the case may be, however you're, um, however we're operating here is actually going to pan out there. Right? Okay. So our purpose is not to over, to, you know, I have a friend, some of you know him. I'm not going to say his name, but you know, I usually do after I say I'm not going to. So pray that I don't because <laughs> but some of you know him and, um, you know, he, he'll tell me, you know, I'm just satisfied. Look, I'm so toe up. I'm just satisfied getting in. Just let me in the kingdom. You know what I mean? You know, and I, I could be, I'm, you know, I have that. You know, I'm the first, first and foremost, I'm thankful to just get in here because I know I don't deserve to get into the kingdom as a citizen, a, a pauper, you know, some pawn. I don't deserve that. And it's humbling. It sounds like very humiliating talk. And, and it is, if you think about it. It's like, I know I don't deserve the kingdom. But if God is saying, look, I've called you something. I've got a plan for you. I want you to fulfill this plan. It's not necessary, necessarily his response to us when we end up in his face that he has to demote or degrade the plan that he has for us. Demote us to something less because we didn't come up to the plate. He doesn't give us anything we can't achieve. We can achieve all that he wants us to achieve. Bless the Lord. And look, it's for our good. So he really wants you to fulfill your appointment. He wants to put you in the position. And because he's such a just God, he's so true. He wants to put you in the position without going outside of his just and his truth. Right? We can't make God a liar. He's going to give us what we deserve. Right? Bless the Lord. Is this making sense? Bless God. Um, so uh, many, Matthew 19.30 says, but many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. Yeah. I mean, it goes without saying, um, we're going to get what we deserve. Right? For a lot of in a lot of cases, we don't get what we deserve here. It's the truth. Because, I, I, look, I've done so many things and I wonder why wasn't my life spent in prisons and jails and, and things like that, right? 
Now, I'm not going to start blurting out things I've done that deserve prison and jail because we're on TV. Right? Right. Now, who does that? Right? But, but what I'm saying is, is that I know that I have not received according to what I've sown. I've sown a lot of craziness, you know, and, and stuff. Right? So, yeah. But here, here we have God telling us in spite of what you've done, you can do and gain my kingdom. It's kind of like recruiting. I want the best qualified candidates to come and take these positions at my company. I don't just want somebody coming in all half drunk, right? Or coming in from the other company, they ripped them off, right? I don't want, I don't harbor criminals, I want pure-minded, pure-thinking people that I have dwelt with and they have dwelt with me, right? Inwardly in our hearts. This is a dwelling that's different than me just going over to Linda's and eating up her food. This is different. This is an ongoing, as much as I'm willing to do, an ongoing relationship inward in my heart with the Lord. Letting him do a survey of my heart, going through always, picking out things. And because I'm asking, my friends are picking out things till you get sick of them and you're just ridiculing me. No, I feel led to tell you, right? We need that. It puts us on the straight and narrow and helps us gain what God wants us to gain. Bless the Lord. Bless God. So he's gone to prepare a place for us. John 14, 2. I'm sorry. Oh, so John 14, 23. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and make our and we will come to him. So if anyone loves me, right? He will keep my word. Right? So if we love God, we're going to keep his word, right? Okay. And my father will love him. So he's going to keep the word of Christ and the father of Christ will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. God the father and God the son. We already have the Holy Spirit. I mean, this, this is a triune thing we got going on here inside of each one of us if we let it. This is a big deal because I wouldn't want to move into your dirty heart. You get it? God, look, he's already come down here from the kingdom to a dirty planet with dirty goings on. And now he's willing to move into this room of mine full of who knows what and bring his father and move in here with me and start doing a rearranging and re right? What, look, we don't want to miss this opportunity. This is the God of the universe that has created all things, everything. We couldn't wear a mask if he hadn't made the molecular structure to put the mask on, right? The atoms that we need so that we can see he's done it all and in, in sync in perfect harmony during the, the making of the eyeball. Just think about it. One part can't be missing. 
It all has to be in unison as it's developing together. This God that was able to do these things and is still able wants to live in us. You know what's in here? (laughs) Do I need to a magnifying glass or would look? You don't want to see it all in one shot. You're tripping now because you've accepted the Lord and you can't, you just don't know where these thoughts come from. What the heck was that about? I was praying. Right? Let's be real. Let's be real with the Lord. The talk shows are out here. Don't be real. Tell about it. Tell about your weave. You know, you can tell. That ain't real. We knew it was a weave. Right? We want to be real with the Lord. This real starts, your mouth doesn't have to open. Right? We're contemplating, constantly contemplating our thoughts. Consciously aware of our thoughts, that these thoughts are leading us away from abundance in the life to come. Constantly aware, conscious of our thoughts. And if we follow those thoughts, they're going to take us further and further away until perhaps we're just a citizen if we ever even knew God in the first place. Right? Bless God. We're all in this together. When the government's saying that we're all in this with this COVID thing, I don't think so. I think many plans are going on. But in this kingdom thing, we're all in this together. Let's come clean and tell the Lord, I'm all messed up in here. You want to move in here by me, by all means. Come, come. Please come. And please help me let you stay. Because in a minute, I'll be thinking, oh, it's time to go. Thank you. I'm good now. That's how we are. We begin thinking too highly of ourselves. We get big-headed. We start thinking, oh, we got it now. And next thing you know, we don't know why we back down in red light district. All right? We can't figure it out how to get here. You don't think about it until after everything. The tires are flat and your wallet's gone. Right? You don't know how this all, how did this happen? We can actually do a survey of our thoughts way before we go into danger zone, right? We can start early, right? The moment we know we're getting off, where did this thought come from, Lord? Help me here. Help me correct my thinking, my vision. Bless God. Bless the Lord. John 14, 2 says, I go to prepare a place for you. The life that comes out of the hope in the place that the Lord is preparing for for us, there's life in hope, okay? A lot of us have hope in temporal things. So there's periodic life or short-term life. But when we have hope in something that's eternal, there's eternal life attached to that hope. So um, there was a story about a guy that was in a Nazi concentration camp. I looked for it, but I couldn't find it. I read it years ago. And um, two guys, actually. And one didn't care if he lived or died. And you know how they treat you in there. We might feel the same way. Look, just let me die, right? But the other guy was all hopeful. He had a family. And he knew they were alive. And daughters 
and he knew that one day he would get out of this place to see them, right? He knew. And so that hope stayed alive and kept him alive. The other guy died. He didn't have anything to hope for, right? Now, we have hope in eternal dwellings, eternal dwellings with the God that created life. We have a reason to live. This is a different hope. It's ongoing evermore hope, never-ending hope. Because we're going to, let me tell you something, we're dying and we're going to die. I'm telling you, we're so close to dying, it doesn't matter who looks young, who looks old. (laughs) Death is at the door. Okay, knocking at the door. I don't care. All of us have this appointment. It's just the weirdest thing. I think about it all the time. If I'm looking on YouTube at different people, and you know, I like the Green Acres, so I'm wondering, oh, there's Jaja and Ava and Eddie and, and there's Eb, and they're all dead, right? And then you wonder, how did that one die? And was Jaja there, you know, when Ed died? Or, you know, were they still connected? That's just kind of how my brain works. The, the problem is, and it is a problem, that this dying thing will haunt us. It's haunting. We'll start thinking about loved ones and, and, and stuff that died, right? And then these stars that you like, their character, they died. You just be tripping. I'm going to die. I'm, I'm tripping about it. I'm not going to let it consume me because I know when I die, I'm going to meet God. This is, look, we've all heard this before. But get a picture of God, the God you're going to meet. This is no ordinary person, right? It's almost worth dying for. So die today. This is what we do. Die to ourselves regularly today, right? This isn't something we can do in and of ourselves. We have to ask the Lord, help me put it on the altar. Kill it. I know it's there. Just because I put on my coat and my mask and everything and got fixed up and came to church, it's there. Help me kill it. I'm no better than the next guy. We're all in this together. Look, our home is where our heart is. Okay? Where your heart is, there's your home. If, if, look, if they came and took you away and told you, you know, you got to stay in the nursing home, you'd be just dying to get back home to your own bed. It's, it's, it goes without saying. Okay, our issue is that we don't have a picture of this kingdom that we're about to inherit. If someone that's a believer and you know they were a believer died and moved on, okay, you know they're in a better place because they were a believer. You don't have a problem with that. You know, you're content that they're with the Lord, right? But then you'll start grieving and crying and then, you know, crying with like there's no tomorrow. What's the heck? You know, they, look, they're in a great place. I bet you if the opportunity came for them to come back, they wouldn't. They can see this mess, the deception. They can see what we're struggling with. All the time wishing, Lord, if you would just fully do something here. Fully take that away. Fully correct the crazy. Fully help me endure. Help me overcome. Help me fully. And look, if I didn't have obstacles, I wouldn't need the Lord. 
So he wants me to need him. He allows certain things to happen so that I have to need him. He wants the reliance to build up. For He wants us to be continually inviting him and his son in. Right? I could have said that better, but that's good enough. Jesus encouraged the disciples in the room. Saying that he's going to basically be a drink offering and, a, and a, a sacrifice for them. He paid a dowry with his life for them. You know what a dowry is. So, okay. So, for those of you that don't, let me further confuse what you <laughs> Further confuse you. because uh, So, um, there was a time in, in uh, biblical times where you'd have to um, uh, pay for your bride, basically. And... Um, there was a lot of ceremony that would take place and all of this stuff, but you're actually married to her before you're married to her. Because once the engagement is on, it's on. That's a done deal. We're engaged right now to Christ, right? Okay, so let me make this plain. This is, to, to get out of this engagement, a divorce would need to take place. It's that serious. So in the Old Testament, in the old times, and stuff, you'd need to get a divorce to get out of an engagement. So Joseph wasn't married to Mary when she was found to be with child. He wasn't married to her. But the Bible says he sought to divorce her quietly. They were only engaged. So you see what I'm saying? A divorce would be necessary. We're basically married but it's, it's basically we're married. We just haven't gone through the ceremony. It's kind of like being in jail knowing you're free. The judge has already freed you, but you haven't got out yet. Okay? But like that guy, you know in your heart that day is coming so you can breathe well and walk well and enjoy your life. We need to enjoy our lives here knowing what tomorrow holds. This isn't a joke. It's just not another preacher telling you, oh, you know, you go into the kingdom. What I'm trying to say is that the kingdom wants to exist in our hearts now, and we exist in eternal dwellings now, inwardly, spiritually. This is possible to do. You only need, we only need to make the request. And we need to continue making that request because we're going to continue to be driven or lured away, right? It's ongoing. It's not a one-time shot, oh, Lord, fix all everything I need and all the people in the world and to cure everybody from COVID. I've heard some silly prayers, okay? It's a lazy prayer. It looks like it encompasses everything, but it's lazy because you don't want to go into the detail because you want to go watch the game. So let me hurry up and cover all of that. Okay? No, I'm, I'm the same way. If I can get away with it. But God's not a fool. He won't be mocked. As a man sows, so shall he reap. You want a communication with me? You really want people healed? Go fast somewhere. Fast from the TV. Go fast. Look, I'm not saying, what I'm saying is labor. That labor is going to build an intimate communication between me and my bride. You're my bride. I'm getting you ready for marriage. Men and women. 
It's not the kind of marriage we've been led to believe. In the Old Testament, you might not look. The marriage was legal, having no room for love. You'll love each other after you get married. (laughs) I'm trying to tell you. Now, we know that Christ loves us. We just don't have that same love to reciprocate. Our love is flawed and broken and crazy love. I love you when you give me a new car. It's crazy love, right? It's not always because we're on again, off again, right? We are. We're, we're like, you know, the radio, that, I, I use that analogy before, you buy a little pocket radio, and it works a little, and then it stops, and it works a little. It's broken. If it's not fully working all the time, it's broken. We're broken because we're not connected all the time. So it's going to take our diligence in asking the Lord, reconnect me. Please come back. Come back. Here, look at what I was thinking. Do it then when the thoughts come. Examine my heart. (laughs) Because if I let this thing play out, I'll be off and running, and you won't want me for a bride. Right? Bless God. Who's, Who's, now look, some of you don't need this message. Is anybody out there that (laughs) hearts are pure? I don't think so. Neither mine. Right? This is what we need. Okay? Not some encouraging, what were those guys coming, the life coaches and, you know, and all this stuff and come tell you all that you can be in this life, right? While you watching them decline and degrade. They got lawsuits coming all out of everywhere and stuff, you know. But they telling you how to live their life, coach. No, we, we need the Lord. And God wants to steer us through this place and make us a perfect bride for his son. Okay? Without spot or blemish. Right? Bless God. Um, so, Revelations eleven fifteen says, when the seventh angel blows his trumpet, spontaneous worship breaks out in heaven. Loud voices proclaim the good news that the kingdom of the world is now the kingdom of God and his son, Jesus Christ. Although Jesus does not return to the earth at this time or establish his kingdom on earth at this time, both events are anticipated and will take place at the end of the tribulation when Jesus comes to earth in glory, defeats his enemies, and casts the beast and false prophet into the lake of fire. The kingdoms of this earth have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, right? So all this stuff that we place our hope in, and it's going to be kind of hard to see it. I can't make each one of us see it in the way that we need to see it, right? But we have to ask God, point it out to me. What on earth would I be focused on outside of this kingdom of yours? where everything here will be consumed by you in your kingdom, included, if anything. In other words, he's going to run everything. It's not like he's not running it now, but we'll see the visible representation of a kingdom being run by the truth. He is truth, right? And he's faithful. We just had in Bible study. He's faithful and true. Bless God. So we can count on the Lord to be faithful and true. So he already knows the truth. We're wretched. 
you know, if we come in the courtroom saying anything else, we may as well go to hell because he knows the truth. So we plead mercy on the court because we're wretched and you already know it. And then he's faithful to keep his promise based on what he knows. You're a wretch. You're not coming in here with a game. Enter into my rest. Right? Your wretchedness is over. Now you're everything I said you were because my word does not come back to me null and void. It will accomplish exactly what I sent it for to accomplish. His word doesn't come back. Look, enter in, wretch. Let me show you how I treat a wretch. Okay? What do I mean by that? Don't play games with God. Own up. Own up to our brokenness. Right? Let him put a new robe on you and a crown. Right? And a ring and his name and seat you in a seat of honor according to what you've done for him. Make sense? Let's bless the Lord. I always have more, but I'm going to end now because I feel like I've been yelling at you guys and stuff. But some of you yelled back at me, so it's kind of fair. So let's bow our heads and pray to the Lord that um, these things that we're asking for will be fulfilled in our lifetimes and that we would actually bear fruit based on our submission to your will, Lord. Humble us, Lord, so that we can bear fruit. There's nothing like coming into the doors of your kingdom with plenty of fruit, knowing we deserve, based on your word, some positions of honor. Father God, we bless you.